Hi everyone, this is David. In the following podcasts, you may notice that Ben and I make a pretty big mistake when we talk about the remounted Mission to the Unknown. We misidentify the university where this production was made. It was, in fact, made at the University of Central Lancashire, and our sincere apologies go out to the University of Central Lancashire, Andrew Ireland, and the entire team that brought this wonderful Doctor Who story back to us. We truly appreciate the remounting and uh, wish that we had gotten it correct in the podcast. Also, thank you to our listener, Tom Turlow, for pointing out this mistake. And now on to the podcast. I'm just a robot and I know my place. A metal servant to the human race I work my can off trying to satisfy I know they'll disconnect me by and by Welcome everybody to episode 128 of the Metabilis 2 podcast i am ben and i am david and we are the metabolists too <laughs> and this is the 128th of our podcast of, our, of us blathering and blabbing on i guess <laughs> yeah so uh what do we, we have a few things to talk about this week i think yeah um we're gonna pause put pause on our spooky doctor who discussion Sp- just scariness to, yep but we can we can certainly uh delve into that with uh, we have three things. Uh, probably start first with the sad news of Stephen Moore oh. passing, who is most famous probably to Doctor Who fans as Marvin the Paranoid Android, although he was in uh, Doctor Who too as a Silurian, or as a newfangled Silurian. He's one of the newfangled Silurian. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was, uh, he's the voice of Marvin the Paranoid Android. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's a, a pretty important... Uh, other than Peter Jones, the voice of the book, those are the two voices that I associate most with listening to A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on the radio. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And uh, he was in A Bridge Too Far, I believe, too. Was he? Yeah, he played uh, Major Steel. Not Major Steel. Yeah, that was... Uh... Um, I don't know who that <laughs> oh, is in Bridge okay. Too Far. I mean, there's All so right. many people. I mean, like everyone's in A Bridge Too Far, basically. Mm-hmm. George Pravda is in A Bridge Too Far. <laughs> That's true. He's like a refugee of some kind. Everyone is in The Bridge Too Far. Yeah, Laurence Olivier, Michael Caine, James Caan. Mm-hmm. They're all in it. They're yeah, all that's, in it. that's really the only one I uh, remember him from of uh, his uh, film work. I know he was in, like, in Bride Has Revisited and he was... Yeah, uh, and he was uh, he was uh, Kevin's dad in, um, uh, in the Harry Enfield show. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he played dads too, wasn't he? Adrian Mole's dad on ITV? Yeah, he ITV? Was, had a lot of kind of dad... A lot of dad roles. He was a very dadly, very dadly individual. <laughs> and that's what kind of his Silurian, he was the elder fatherly. Silurian. Yeah, fatherly. A father figure. Mm-hmm. Yes, father figure. Um, not a high point in, in his career, I believe, since it's not really high point in my own personal enjoyment of <laughs> Doctor Who. But he was seemed like a gentleman and a really, really nice man that everyone liked. So it's mm-hmm. a shame that he's dead. 
Yeah, and immortal with his role as Marvin. Yeah, I mean that's gonna that's gonna last basically. Right. Um, people are gonna be listening to his voice for uh, hundreds of years, forever, forever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was I was talking with my daughter how it seems with recorded media, with television, sound recordings, music. Uh, the past doesn't seem as far away as sometimes it uh, actually right. is because uh, she listens to, well, her and her friends listen to a lot of 80s music. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not contemporary, but it is, uh, it doesn't seem that far away. And of course, that's music that uh, we listened to when we were in college or. Yeah. Teenagers. And I mean, given that it's probably all digital nowadays anyway, it probably sounds better now than we when we were listening <laughs> to it on you know am radio or scratchy scratchy vinyl or cassette yeah. tapes and all that dolby nonsense yeah definitely better than am radio but uh, there's there's some uh, loss of quality i think with digital yeah analog. I, I don't know all about that I, I don't have i don't have a very finely tuned ear for audio so i really can't tell the difference <laughs> I'm sure which is it's... why we podcast <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I really don't know what's uh, going on. So, Stephen Moore, um, R.I.P. Um, you will live on forever, though, Stephen. So, yep. um, we love you because you seemed like a nice bloke. I suppose you'll want to see the aliens now. Do you want me to sit in a corner and rust, or just fall apart where I'm standing? Show them in, please, Marvin. Sorry, did I say something wrong? Pardon me for breathing, which I never do anyway, so I don't know why I bothered to say it. Oh, God, I'm so depressed. All right, so and then... uh, We had something else. Oh, we were going to speculate on what the next animation is going to be. Oh, yeah, so at London Comic Con, they are going to have exclusive uh, world-first footage of the next animated Doctor Who that is uh, following after the Faceless Ones. Yeah, so Faceless Ones, um, when's, when's Faceless Ones, when, when's, when is that going to drop? Next year kids, sometime. Kids say next year sometime, right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're excited about that. Um, and I think the Faceless Ones, from what one hears, they're going to go the kind of macro route with it. So, yeah, yep, yep. You know, it's going to be in full color. They've got, obviously, they've got at least, how many episodes is left of the Faceless Ones? Two or three? Is it two? There's two existing, and I think it's what is a five, six part story. Yeah, so they're not going to just drop those into the animation. They're just going to reanimate the whole thing. They are going to reanimate the whole whole enchilada, whole ball of wax. I mean, I guess on the on the on the physical release, they will probably have those two episodes as an extra. But yeah, the whole thing's going to be brand new, so that's exciting. And then what's next? Could it be evil? People have been saying evil to me. Hmm. You think evil of the Daleks? Hmm. Um, so, so then they can p- complete that. It season. depends. I think it. De- well, they don't because they still have the Highlanders and the Smugglers. Yeah. So the, you don't complete. You don't complete Troughton, and no. you don't complete the season. So no. I'm wondering if they are going to. Where do they want to leverage their models? They have Troughton. Got to be Trout. But, uh, they also have Ben and Polly, so that would be the Highlanders. Yeah. Or they could leverage their Ben and Polly model and get their Hartnell in and do the Smugglers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing those as being exciting though for the, your mass market though. Mm. Well, I'm. I'm, I'm of... not particularly excited by either the smuggler. I guess I'm more excited by the Highlanders. Highlanders is actually, I think, a really good story for it Annika is. Wills, Polly. Which, yeah. Uh, it, yes, she has her voice in there, but then with animation, you're not really seeing the actor perform. So, right. is it really going to be a great story for Annika Wills? Uh, Don't know. Yeah, don't know. Uh, so, 
what else you think really think it's they're going to do evil hmm. no i don't think they're going to do evil to be honest um i think it's too long i think but i mean they've got all these dalek models yeah but dalek models aren't that that, aren't that hard to do well maybe they are who knows i mean we're literally talking about something about something we know nothing about but yeah um... well well that when, when does that ever stop exactly <laughs> so i'm wondering how tied in they are to the blu-ray release and might they go for something in season six such as Ooh. the space pirates well uh, i think i think i was suggesting this this morning my my kind of dream dream ticket for space pirates is you hook up with the uh, the Anderson studio and do face parts <laughs> in Super Marionation. Milo Clancy uh, Marionette. Oh, can, can't you just see him like walking along <laughs> like <laughs> Troy Tempest, Troy Tempest <laughs> with their little mouths going up and down? Oh my God, that would be good. That would be so good. They have to do that. I mean, someone has mm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And they've got, well, you know, and the mo- I mean, the models were all like made by, you know, uh, Anderson technicians i'm were they? kind of making were that they? up a little bit but yeah <laughs> okay. no i mean there was a there was a lot of kind of you know cross-pollination between you know anderson model making and um i mean all the model makers of the uk you know working on james bond and star wars and alien and um super marination stuff and doctor who they you know stand, i mean the and the reason why the uh, allegedly although i've never seen it because it doesn't exist anymore you know the uh, spaceship scenes in um Space Pirates are so tedious is because they were they were kind of um, taking their cue from 2001. Hmm. Yeah, it should be made in Super in Super Marination. Milo Clancy should be like a should be walk around like Troy Tempest from um, from Stingray. Well, I I I doubt that they will do Super Marination mm. animation if Charles Norton is involved because he mm. has uh they have what he's been doing with uh, Macra now and Faceless Ones. I think they'll leverage off of that. Oh, I, I'm sad. You may be sad. I really mm, thought that was something that could happen. I really think I that they're going to do something. Yeah. I think they're going to do something from like season one. So that's going to be Marco Polo. Or really? I think they're going to have to. Marco Polo? Wow. Well, maybe not. They're Marco really going to push the boat out and get a whole bunch of new models going? Well, I think with the Blu-ray series, they want to do something. So they got to do something from black and white that's going to complete a series. So what's that going to be? That's either going to be season one with Marco Polo or season two with the Crusade or season six with the Space Pirates. What's going to have a bigger impact? It's got to be Marco Polo. Mm, it could be Marco Polo, but they might want to wait for that because that was one part of the original rumor when uh, Philip Morris was returning Enemy and Web. There was also speculation that Marco Polo was going to be part of that return. Uh, Paul Vanessa's has hinted that perhaps the first couple of episodes of Marco Polo may be in an archive uh, in uh, Iranian state television. So... Cool, I'm glad everything's going so good with Iran then at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I blame, yeah. I blame so, Donald Trump. I, mm, well, that's an easy, easy target. He's an easy target. Most likely right. <laughs> yeah, easy target. Um, I mean, I suppose, you know, if we, if, if, if kind of, you know, fan wisdom is saying, well, they've got to keep on, you know, doing ones that they've got models for, that's going to break down eventually because they've got to start making models for the rest of the characters. Mm-hmm. For the Hartnell era. But they have so, Troughton you know. and they have Jamie. So Space Pirates. Think it's Space Pirates. It'd be cool. I mean, I love I love what I've... I mean, the, the design of Space Pirates is awesome. You know, the costumes mm-hmm. are fantastic. And I think the spaceships are just radical and cool looking. Um, so, yeah, I'd be up for that. 
and it does uh, make it possible for the Blu-ray release, and they can leverage two models they already have. And you don't want to save uh, all the big-hitting stories like the Daleks or uh, Fury from the Deep, um, Dalek Master Plan, for you know get those out of the way and then have your animation series kind of trail off in just a historical yeah. or the lesser appreciated stories. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I think you're either going to do a historical yeah, yeah. Uh, from season four or they'll take the bite out of the big one and do the Space Pirates. Yeah, and, it, and, and I can see the animators having a lot of fun with, um, you know, building those, uh, building those, uh, the models of the various spaceships and, you know, flying them around. It would be pretty spectacular. Yeah, Richie would do all that in 3D. So I think that I would be yeah. pretty straightforward for 3D modeling. And it does lend itself quite a bit to 3D modeling. So yeah, okay. I think that might be a good candidate. Well, let's go down to Ladbrokes, put some money on it. <laughs> there we go. There you go. And we'll be able to pay for shiny discs through the wages of sin. The wages of sin, yeah. I, and I hope they continue to release them on DVD as well. I still haven't switched to... I think they will because they are, in the North America, they are reissuing the DVDs. Oh, really, are they? Yeah. Are they doing new they covers? Are. I mean, are they doing... No, they are They are uh, DVD on demand. This last round, I think, featured Genesis of the Daleks. So that's already been out on Blu-ray. So. Okay. But they're not forcing you to have the or us to have the uh, the new logo, are they? It's like no, it's okay. the old artwork or anything. Wow. So that's kind of them because I mean it's been really noticeable with Big Finish that they're um, they have all the new the new Jody Jody logo, hmm. the uh, well Jodo as I call it, <laughs> Jogo Jogo. That's it. That's the one Jogo. Um, cool. Okay. Well, I guess we will find out at the end of this month. And then I guess in a more recent recreation. Uh, that we saw this last week. I think we'll spend the rest of the time talking about, which was University of Lancaster's uh, reproduction or re... What, what would you call it? Reimagining of... It's not really a reimagining. Is it re, just redoing? Like re restaging. Restaging. Re let's call it a restaging. It's a restaging. <laughs> reimagining would require them to yeah. imagine some things, which <laughs> they hadn't... They, did, they didn't do, which is fine. I'm not complaining about that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know. So they're re restaging of Mission to the Unknown. The one-off Doctor Who list, Doctor Who from 1965, that was the contractual obligation story because they <laughs> cut an episode of Planet of the Giants. Yeah. And so the cast was busy doing the Myth Makers. They had a Terry Nation script, a one-off, a Dalek cutaway. It almost served as a pilot for the uh, the Destroyers, which was the show that Terry Nation was trying to pitch to the United States for the Daleks. Yes, and I think we will refer our listeners to the excellent series of uh, YouTube videos that... Um... Oh, who are the people who are doing this? Dalek, whatever they're called. Um, there's a great, there's a great Terry Nation Army. Terry Nation yep. Army, that's it. Mm -hmm. um, they have a great episode on the kind of Terry Nation's abortive attempts to do a Dalek TV series and what happened. Yeah, very much worth checking out. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think we both, right, um, heard this story on audio. Have I heard? Yes. 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 Yes, it is available in audio. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. It's, it's long part of the mission, or it's part of the Dalek Master Plan. Dalek Master Plan, which I have, but have not listened to it for many years. Um, I mm -hmm. should have pulled that out and listened to it and done a compare and contrast. Um, I really, really enjoyed this half an hour, yeah. twenty-five minutes of TV. 
Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. They did. I mean, I can't say how faithful it is to the visuals because I don't really know what the visuals look like. If you weren't watching in 1965, there's not been any. It's not been seen since. It's not so. been seen since. I, I I didn't feel that it was unfaithful to the existing audio in any particular way. Um, certainly, the weirdness of the alien delegates, uh, their vocal tics, came across very well. I thought, mm-hmm. um, and I I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It was a quick watch. I can see why. Really, the Destroyers, Terry Nation's uh, idea for a Dalek-based series with the Space Security Service didn't take off, though. This this worked as a one-off, but I don't know if it would be a good way to carry a whole series. Yeah, I have to say, I, I don't think that the uh, Space Security Service had their A-team on Campbell. <laughs> I think it was Mark Corey. I think, was, uh... uh, Mark Corey, he's not really up there with... Um, with Mark Seven and um, uh, Brett, uh, uh, who are the Sarah Kingdom? Sarah Kingdom. He's yeah. I mean, Sarah Brett Kingdom's Vian. like and Brett Vian are you know like they're the James Bond and kind of modesty blaze of um, <laughs> the Space Security Service. I think Mark Corey's more of the kind of Matt Helm uh, of the Space Security Service. Yeah, he was certainly trying. He certainly was, trying, uh... and, and uh, the acting brilliant. Again, I can't compare really to the acting of Edward D'Souza because um, obviously that the original one doesn't exist anymore. Um, I thought, thought he did an excellent job. I thought there was a good, pretty good production. There were some bits that I thought could have been reshot. There, actually, there's only one bit that I thought really should have been reshot, and that was at the very beginning with Garvey right. coming up with the uh, I Remember Now the camera was trying to zoom in on him and as they were zooming in they realized that oh we're going to cut off his head and then the camera jerked right up okay and that should have been a retake other than that uh especially coming so early in the production that kind of put me on edge sort of like what am i getting into with this yeah, this is this really uh, going to be pretty amateurish st- sort of student production of some kind right but after after a while it settled down so if they had redone that shot i think it wouldn't have been very noticeable at all i thought there was some pretty shonky looking daleks um that, yeah yeah i think they could have i don't know there must be i mean there's a lot of daleks around Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder whether they were, were kind of restricting themselves to kind of Daleks only available in the Northwest. Could be. Like Manchester Daleks mm-hmm. or something, rather than kind of Daleks from across the country. A couple of Daleks looked a bit dodgy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the actor who played Mark Corey in this rendition is uh marco simone and he is a recent graduate of university of lancaster drama department i think he only has three or four years of acting nothing particularly large um compared to uh d'souza who was 33 about at this time and he had already appeared in several uh, british motion pictures yeah he had become is starting to get a, a name as a character actor. So I think uh, in the maturity level, that was one of the things I think I heard from fandom. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a little bit unfair. I mean, you know, he's a he's a youngish looking man. All three of them are young, young looking men. And yeah. I thought it worked well for Garvey, who is the first one who must kill. Must kill. Uh, <laughs> Gordon, the, character, the actor, uh, Dan Gilligan, who played Gordon Lowry, uh, thought he was a little on the young side for that i think if right. they would have cast a, a yeah because he's the kind of flight actor. engineer yeah there should have someone maybe someone a bit more grizzled mm-hmm. i thought the effects were good i mean the, obviously the studio floor is pretty obvious but i think it was probably pretty obvious in the original 
it was good though they did do foley for when they drop things they actually uh, replaced it with sounds of something dropping on turf rather than the studio floor so that was good foley work on their on the university of lancaster team and there's the i think the standard problem with uh, this era of kind of space rocket a everyone's trying to fix them with spanners which is like okay <laughs> i'm not sure that's really going to work that well and then you have the base of the space rocket um which is a certain size um and then when, right. you, when you get inside the space rocket it's like a wildly different size tardis like if you will mm-hmm. um which is fine because i mean that's as i said you know this is why i'm glad they didn't do a reimagining you know where they had some kind of spaceship from nowadays and then like a right. control room or sort of like a modern, oh, whatever, modern, there's no such thing as a modern spaceship because they still mm-hmm. don't exist. But, you know, I, 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 I was pleased that there was they, they kept that kind of, you know, dislocation yeah. rather than try to kind of address it. Um, I, and, and again, you know, the f- whole fixing your spaceship with a spanner, I mean, that's, you know, that's all, you know, it's Terry Nation again, it's World War Two. What it's all about yeah and that's and they kind of get that in tomb of the cybermen too when the yeah space or when their rocket ship is uh sabotaged by toberman yeah yeah so, so i good. think it's pretty a uh, trope of the 1960s 1950s that's what the the writers understood like you said world war ii exactly exactly uh like the varga plants um they seem to be very effective i enjoyed them mm-hmm. very much and I'm a huge fan of the Alien Delegates. Um, yeah. I think the Alien M- Delegates. Alpha and Friends. Yeah. There sh- they should be more of them. Like, you know, every episode should have them in it in some way. <laughs> um, Malpha and Friends. <laughs> and, uh, and It's the, a new morning show. Yeah, they should do it. It would be like a, like, yeah, like a more, like, like the, the. Sitting around on yeah, a little. Yeah, morning settee. too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they have, have guests come in. Uh-huh. Uh, what, you know, uh, you know, what's the uh, Christmas pantomime you're uh, um, promoting? Yeah, yeah. Malfa will be talking like this. Yeah, they just talk, talk loudly about sports that happened at the weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they're brilliant. And um, mm-hmm. and they, they, I, they I, you know, as much as, again, as far as I can tell, they really kind of work hard to get those costumes looking right you know down they did to pretty the, good pretty yeah, good yeah down to everyone's favorite satan's christmas tree um <laughs> whatever that one's called sentinel i think sentinel, or centennial or something centrial like whatever he is yeah, yeah there you go he kind of bobs about looking enthusiastic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i thought uh paul stenson who played melfa and nick briggs as the daleks kind of hammed it up a little bit in the delegate scenes yeah yeah, but maybe maybe that was <laughs> I don't know. They were certainly feeding off one another, I think. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, it's 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 kind of a jokey little. I mean, I think even when it was broadcast, it was kind of almost a jokey little thing. There are some pretty horrific stuff. There's some quite horrific. The stuff Varga there, stuff is pretty. Horrific. The Varga stuff yeah. is pretty horrible. You know, it's kind of standard. You know, body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Quatermass body gets taken over by a plant stuff. But um, certainly the delegates is quasi being played for laughs i think yeah so they're ranting about you know being from particular universes and invading galaxies and <laughs> that's very um, very uh, Terry Nation. um yeah it's very very Terry Nation. not really understanding yeah. kind of the size of things in space <laughs> all the five sides of things in general you know so yeah. yeah right 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 what i found interesting was the producer the director andrew ireland he is, I looked it up, he's the Pro Vice Chancellor of Digital and Creative Industries at uh, UC Lancaster. Yeah. But 
this is a dream I think that he's had for a long time and his PhD dissertation was completed in 2012 so right. he's been I think secretly plotting on this at least for a decade the title of his dissertation was Conditions of Time and Space a reenactment experiment with British TV series Doctor Who so he bills himself as one of the foremost experts on reenacting Doctor Who <laughs> there you go. Um, and luckily, uh, he's he's been he's now been able to reenact Doctor Who. Do you think he will move on to another one? Do you think there will be expectations that uh, some other totally missing Doctor Who, like the Myth Makers, might be one that he would want to restage? Well, I, he's someone's going to have to give him a lot more money. four episodes rather than one yeah and i mean you'd i mean i think if you if you got an episode with you know an actual doctor who in it you should probably hire you know the current the current first doctor incarnation so you'll need to get um you know what you his think name. so hmm. would you or would you just get like hmm. you get like a freakishly tall old man <laughs> you don't want a freakishly tall heart no you want to... <laughs> like any old man who's tall i think you'd for that small. you'd want to yeah, you you can't do it with student actors. I think you got to yeah. do with more professional actors, and that's going to obviously blow your budget. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly if he wanted to do more, he, he couldn't do it on the University of Lancaster's budget. Um, mm-hmm. Someone would have to step in to give him some money, and he'd have to get the rights as well, you know, from BBC if he's going to spend that amount of money. So I I think it's relatively unlikely, mm-hmm. but you never know. This or animation, do you have a preference? Did you like seeing actors act opposed to uh, animators animate? Good question. I mean, the advantage of the animation is, of course, you're using the original soundtrack. So you're hearing what we, you know, for a blind person. Mm -hmm. You're having the same experiences a blind person would have if they also were able to see an animation. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean. Yeah. The downside of animation is that it's, you know, it's still it's still kind of, you know, Star Trek, the animated series level animation. You know, people are kind of just kind of stomping around a little bit. It's um, a little better than that. It's a little bit better. But, you know, I mean, I think it was very exciting for me to watch the um, Macra, Terra. Uh-huh. But, you know, just the kind of camera angle aspect, it's just so much flatter. Right. On macro than the you know some of the clips that survive, mm-hmm. um, where they you know they're just doing a little bit more with the perspective and stuff, stuff that you can't you know it's harder to do on right on animation. So and I think I mean I mean I don't care about the color aspect at all. Right. Um, I, I they I did do... film this in color though that was interesting and they just oh, desaturated they? it. Yeah, oh, so really? this is oh, all okay. recorded on modern equipment. I I believe or at least oh, I thought, I in thought, color. I... I was assuming that they dug up some you know, ancient cameras from I don't know from the sixties. That from stuff the cellars, the cellars of the University years of old equipment. They yeah, that's true. They could keep that stuff running. That'd that's be... true. That's true. You're right. You're right. That could not have happened. It, they so, must have done it on normal cameras. My guess is it's all uh, uh, modern aspect ratio, and they cropped it. Would be my guess. Which makes it all the more impressive in some ways because it did feel very as very studio bound. I mean, you could feel like <laughs> I yeah. got, got the you know I got a very strong impression of cameras on wheels moving around rather than mm-hmm. like handheld yeah you know, handheld yeah, digi yeah, yeah. cameras of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, think... Maybe they start them on sticks or something. I don't know. Mm, I didn't see any boom shadows either. But going back to being in black and white, yeah, they had filmed it in color, but the entire. Uh, the intention from the get-go was to uh, only view it in black and white. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so going back to your original question, I, I, I guess I'm of two minds. I mean, I think I would prefer them to reshoot it, to be honest, with, with, with actors. Right. Which makes right. it, I think, more expensive than animating or less expensive. It must be more Probably expensive, more expensive, surely. More, more expensive, expensive, I would think. Especially the way that they've been doing the animation for Doctor yeah. Who lost, lost Yeah, because, you know, if you had to hire David Bradley and his pals... Because, mm-hmm. I mean, David Bradley and his pal, I mean, they're doing, you know, they're doing big finishes now as the first Doctor and Susan and um, uh, Ian and everyone. Right. But you couldn't cast the same actor as Susan, though, because she's already too old, I think. No, that's true. You have to get, well, um, well no, but I think, aren't they using the, the Adventures in, in Time and Space, Susan, for big finish? Yeah, but the Adventure of Space and Time happened, what? 2013 it's sure. already 2019 she's getting she's, old yeah she's already almost she's, 10 years older she's already a wizened crone no. um <laughs> not a suit yeah who knows who knows I was it know. robert carlisle out of train spotting that you wanted robert carlisle or... was my dream casting for the first doctor yeah yeah so i mean get him on come on bbc maybe he would I, so I wouldn't do Bradley, I guess. I wouldn't do Bradley at all because... Why? Why have you, have you gone off Bradley? I've never really been on Team Bradley, I guess. So really? I think... Yeah, well, I think he's I too think old. He was fine he's for adventure and uh, space and time, but it just doesn't doesn't work for me, I guess. No, I, 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 I think he's too old. I think he's too old. To, mm-hmm. uh, we, we've had this conversation before, but yeah, we, we have. We, we can, can have it again. But you know, I think he's just too old to be to be to be William Hartnell. William Hartnell mm-hmm. was just a lot younger. I think he's just too tall. And Moffat in Twice Upon a Times that didn't didn't work for me. Right. Bradley was playing William Hartnell playing Doctor Who in Twice Upon a Time. There, he was playing his character that he was doing in I agree. Space and Time, and it didn't work to me as doctor who so you'd go for complete recasting you'd you cast a new hartnell i would cast a new hartnell and i mean a new first doctor you're not casting Hartnell. yeah i would cast a new first doctor doctor and film it in black and white or film it in color and then uh provide a black and white option for you yeah 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 so would you start what would you start with What, what which one would you start with refilming so marco polo no I think no. there's still a chance that Marco Polo could come back. It's going to turn to up. Be, right. Uh, the Savages? No, because that's a companion farewell story. So I think you'd want right. to start in. So what would be... I, th- I would I would agree that you'd want to start in with a Hartnell. And... Right. Hmm, yeah, I'm, if I'm really going to cast and I want to make a bang with it, I'm going to do Dalek Master Plan. That would be amazing if they did Dalek Master Plan. Yeah, yeah, it would be. And I know I'd be accused of the uh, same kind of cuts that Charles Norton did in Macro Terra, removing the rough and tumble machine. But I would not film Feast of Stephen, Episode 7. I would cut Episode 7, Feast of Stephen. You wouldn't do the Feast of Stephen? Nope. Uh. I would cut... I would I'd cut be that. curious to see someone do the Feast of Stephen. Uh, yeah, but it's a totally throwaway. It is, they didn't it is. intend it to go out even as uh, an episode when they 
tried to sell it to Australia. So. Yeah. Well, it depends on whether you're doing it as a kind of an archive exercise or as a kind of entertainment exercise. Well, I'm it, saying it's an archive exercise. Yes, you would redo. But it's not really an archive exercise. Archive exercise is doing uh, trolling archives for film trims. No, I mean, so. I mean, doing something that's like, I mean, you're kind of reproducing the master plan, yeah. like down to the last nugget. Yeah, you can't do that. I don't think you should do that. I think you should yeah. recast, have the sensibilities of... 1960s television where you're not going to go outlandish on uh, location or in, Stay in the studio whatever yeah. but i would recast hartnell sarah kingdom brett vian you recast the whole uh, time team and uh, chen guardian of the solar, of the solar system yeah who'd make a do you, who who now today would make a good peter purvis who would Who'd be a good who'd, peter who'd purvis? Be a peter purvis type character for steven taylor oh goodness um that's an excellent question um i don't really know my young british actors well enough i'm afraid mm. nowadays okay. to to have a have a strong opinion i mean you know someone from hollyoaks you know or you know, some 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 young soap star mm-hmm. is what you'd use. The other thing you'd have to consider is uh, how white do you want to make this if you're redoing it? Do you want to do a true casting? And then what do you do with Mavic Chen, who, for all intents purposes, Kevin Stoney was had, had a yellow yellow faced. I think he was purple faced or blue faced or whatever, but he definitely had the eyes. Of a Fu Manchu of some yeah, kind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting question. I mean, I think, you know, you could either go you could either go Star Trek with him and have him like a blue faced, you know, alien of some kind, even though he's not an alien, but you know, propostulize that, you know, by this point in human history we've become so kind of hybridized that our rulers are blue for some reason. Or, you know, you just hire you you you'd hire, you know, a really good Asian actor. Mm-hmm. You know, have him be have him be Asian. Yeah, I think that would probably be your best option yeah be awesome yeah as long as he keeps that distinctive typing style (laughs) or his writing style holding writing style exactly all of that yeah as long as he keeps those mannerisms then i'm then i'm happy the other thing you want to take into consideration if you're going to restage it or remount it is the ancient egyptian setting actors middle eastern people yeah uh, Middle Eastern actors. That's fine. Plenty of those around. Yeah, I don't think it's an issue, but I think you can't go like you would go down to Central Casting in 1965 and spray everyone brown. Right. Yeah, right. No, no, right, that's right. not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I would counsel them not to do that, <laughs> uh, and I hope I hope very much that they would take my advice. Um, so I think really a safer one, a, a smaller budget, would be the Mythmakers. You go for that. And... Mythmakers are pretty easy. I mean, it's all you know. Central. You know, they've got. Greek costumes all over the place. There's no new designs that need to get made. Just go mm-hmm. down to the you know central costume store, pull out some Greek costumes. It's a four part uh, story. You four say part goodbye story. to a it's companion. A good script. Mm-hmm. It's amusing, you know. Um, I, I think Mythmakers is a good idea, actually. Yeah. So yeah, okay. that's what that's what I would do if I was uh, going to take a chance on it. And then if it was successful, I already have my first Doctor and Stephen Taylor cast. I would then move on to Dalek Master Plan. Yep, because you'd cut your teeth on Mythmakers, yep. and then you'd have like a you know you'd have almost have a whole season right there for yourself. You would, you would. Yeah. So that's that's what I would do if I had the money to or the remit to go and recreate a 1960s Doctor Who, and probably do it that or yeah. I mean, Fury a, from the Deep would be awesome. But well, here's a harder question for you: mm-hmm. Who's who? Who would you cast as Troughton? 
I think that's oh, why Trapped you're... in Second Doctor. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's why I don't think it's uh, been done. I don't know of many actors who could be a, a Patrick Troughton. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think I think it's in some ways it's it's not easy, but it's it's kind of more possible to pretend to be William Hartnell pretending to be the first Doctor than it would be someone to be. Uh, Patrick Troughton's a lot more of a subtle, a subtle act, in my opinion. Well, um, it, also looking at harder. him, I mean, he's a young man who aged. I don't know if he was a smoker. My guess is he was. Uh, Everyone through, was a smoker. Yeah. Through drink and his his lifestyle, I think it'd be very hard to find someone with that that look in his eyes. He's a very distinctive mm-hmm. looking person. Yeah, very, very distinctive. I mean, that was the crazy thing about Patron is he would pop up being other people through, you know, British TV right. movies. For, throughout the 60s and 70s and into the 80s he would always he would always be like he, he always did an amazing job because he was a great actor but it was oh yeah look there's pat Trown mm-hmm. being someone and you know sometimes that can be irritating with an actor i never actually found it that irritating i always found it kind of exciting um when i saw him in things which wasn't very often because he was mainly in, in adult things when i was a kid mm-hmm. um but you know i can remember as i think we talked about this before he was in warship and survivors and you know a whole bunch of stuff but uh yeah i think it'd be very very i mean i think the failure not the failure but i mean having reese shearsmith um <laughs> do him that was like i was i you know it was fine because he was only on for like 10 right. seconds but it was really super obvious that it was just reese shearsmith in a beatles wig yeah i wonder i wonder if you could yeah. cast an american actor as patrick Trown, the second doctor Ooh, yeah, that's a pretty radical suggestion. It's he's also you need some a shorter actor too because Troughton was a shorter actor, and I think you if you wanted to follow who that, would you who would, have you got someone in mind? <sighs> How tall is? Are we an Amer- American actor doing a, an English accent or an American actor doing a silly American accent? I don't know. How tall is John Hamm? John Hamm's he must be a tall man. I, I'm thinking to John Hart. John Hamm's like six foot. Yeah, he's six yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. You know who I suddenly who's popped into my head suddenly to be Patrick Trown hmm. is um that guy, that one guy. Um oh hang on, <laughs> wait a second, I'm just gonna look him up. Um Ben Stiller. Hmm. No. <laughs> no? He's the really? comedian? Yeah. Because hmm. he can imitate people because he's a comedian. He can do an English accent, I know that. He's like a funny guy. His face is too long. He kind of has a sharp. Yeah. His sharp is his chin is his chin is very sharp. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I've got a picture of him right here. I'm trying to put a Beatles wig on him and see what he looks like mentally. No, no, it doesn't. It really? Doesn't work. You take his glasses off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doesn't well, maybe work our for homework me. for for next week will be to think of Americans. <laughs> Could be Patrick Trown. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Adam Sandler? No. Oh, just look, I've got comedy actors up on my phone here. Uh, well, Stiller is only five six. I mean, he has has. How about Elijah Wood? Ooh, Elijah Wood. He's he's got those googly eyes though. He's have to shrink his eyes down digitally. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like do a reverse golem on him. Oh. Yeah, I think his eyes are too googly. I, I don't think he could do a convincing Trown. How about Sean Astin then? Go for uh, Samwise. Ooh, Sean a- and Sean Astin's he's, isn't he part English anyway or something? I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, Martin Freeman's not too terribly tall. Martin Freeman's not a bad suggestion as well. 
Yeah, Martin Freeman's a big film star. There's no way he'd be in like reshooting Doctor Who. Yeah, I think he's kind. He's a little bit of a prima donna from what I have read about him. Sorry, Martin, if you're listening, I'm sure you're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, it's Tim, it's Tim from The Office. So you need to get uh, put a Shrek in it. Yeah, you need to get someone who's unknown to television. I think Martin Freeman's got the right kind of hair to be the two Doctors, Patrick Trown. Yeah, he's got all that gray hair now. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is a this is this is a fun <laughs> fun fun down fun a We have this is this we could we could do hours of this just like randomly thinking of actors who should who could be who could be or should they be also um, Patrick Trouton. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to be able to do a good English voice though, right? Yeah. Or are you saying that they do it as an American? No, no, I don't think you'd. I think you have the next Doctor, the thirteenth Doctor, be an American, but I don't think you would do. You wouldn't do the second Doctor as an American. Oh my! Oh my! Giddy aunt! I'm trying to do an American accent. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh my giddy aunt! That's not gonna work. Um. Cool. Well, yeah. Uh, 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 send in your suggestions, <laughs> podcast fans. Yeah, I don't know who would have those eyes, and you'd need those blue eyes. Oh yes, he had those. Because there's that. Did you see those? That re- recent picture they dug up for the front of um, Doctor Who magazine, and he had these crazy piercing blue eyes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you need these blue. I mean, you can do that with contacts, but I think you'd be better off with with uh, actual blue eyed yeah, person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and dark hair and blue eyes. It's not. Is that common? It's not very common, is it? Well. You can always black up the hair. That's true. You just you like even you get a blonde person and just give him. Yeah, but so you need you need an actor about five five. Uh, yeah, so short a short man mm-hmm. with pale eyes, and who can really uh, act and has who a can really act has a way with the ladies and has a way with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah. Uh, doesn't mind um, doesn't mind kind of taking the piss a little bit, but also being a very good actor. Yeah, Patrick Trout. You think uh, he would be harder to cast, or Fraser Hines as Jamie McCrinnan would be? Oh, harder. Fraser Hines quite easy. You just get like some round faced Scottish man. <laughs> that, that'd be pretty easy to do. Okay, don't think there's a problem there. And then you know you'd have to pick whether you wanted Victoria or um, Zoe. Oh, or Polly. You got Ben and Polly. Oh, you got Ben and Polly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I think all those would be animated. Yeah, this is yeah, interesting question. I don't think they're going to do live action, honestly. I think what's more no, they're likely... not going to do live action. No. So since we've really got uh, sidetracked here, I think what's going to happen now with uh, this U Lancaster production is they're going to try to do deep fakes on it and marry the visuals with uh, deep fakes of Edward D'Souza and others. And marry it to the original soundtrack and try to try to fake it that way. Hang on, so they're actually going to try and do that. Uh, they being fandom. Oh, yes. fandom! Right, right. Yes. So, uh, I mean, hang on. I mean, we're talking about reshooting. Could they not deep fake like reshooting everything? Could just like just have you and me be <laughs> be all the characters and then just like plump. They could, and we're really cheap, <laughs> and you can get a hold of yeah, us at metabilis two dot com. Yeah, and just put like just paste, you know. Um, <laughs> I would not. Yeah, Hartnell's face yeah. over my face. <laughs> yeah. Paste, you know, yeah. I don't know, Ian's mm-hmm. face over your face. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I don't really know about deepfakes enough. I, I think they're frightening. Um, so I think the less we involve, less I, we evolve, involve ourselves with them, the better, in my opinion. <laughs> Goodness. Well, okay. You know who would... Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was kind of like, well, we, we, we're kind of veering wildly off topic here. But um, this is all very stimulating. I mean, I suppose, you know, I mean, how much... Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant has blue eyes, dark hair. He's about the right age now for a Troughton. Ooh, Hugh Grant is Patrick Troughton. Has a way of the ladies. Yeah. Well, some kinds of ladies, certainly. Um... <laughs> Hugh Grant. There, that's my yes, vote. Yes, we'll, we'll, uh, Draft Hugh, Van- Hugh Grant. I'm, I'm still going with Ben Stiller, I'm afraid. But I would, I would mm. settle for Hugh Grant. I mean, Hugh Grant's a bit posh. He could tone it he down, t- don't you think? Down. He has the eyes, I think, for he it. He has got the eyes. I've now got a picture of him here. You need to comb his hair. Well, of course, you'd give it the mop you'd cut. give him a Beatles, Beatles wig to wear. He's, yeah. got a, he's got a higher forehead. You'd have to shave. You'd have to cut his... Well, that's where the hair comes that's down. That's true. You'd have to shave his head and then kind of paste the hair on top of his scalp. <laughs> he's got the right smile. I mean, Troughton had a very unusual smile. Mm-hmm. Very unusual mouth, in my humble opinion. You know, you get a Hugh Grant in a bowl cut, uh, darken the hair, yeah, and uh, cut off the uh, RP a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, give him, give him more poshness. Of a, yeah, give him more of a lower middle class twang. Because if you look at Hugh Grant when he was younger, he used to wear his hair down. Um, maybe not so much as bangs, but he did wear it down a bit more. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, Hugh Grant. I'd, I'd probably go with Hugh Grant. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, he's already played the Doctor once, right? In, uh, he has. Curse of the Fatal Death. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that as a choice. There we and go. Then, yeah, and then we get Elizabeth Hurley to be... Um, <laughs> Zoe. To be Zoe. She wouldn't make it... She would, I think she'd make a better Victoria, actually. She's, mm. she's too tall, though. Both, I mean, they have to both be, of them are too tall. they got to be shorter than... Both tiny, yeah. Get Kylie back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might cut some of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though. I mean, you know, it is some... The thing is, anyone who you think of to be cast is not going to be up for it because they're already too famous that they won't want to take on another actor. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be someone new, yeah. So it has to be someone in their 50s who is a good actor, a jobbing actor, that can pull it off. It's just, is there such a thing as a jobbing actor anymore, though? I mean... There has to be in the UK in the theatre scene. I guess so, yeah. Because the theatre scene's a lot more nationalised, you know, national than, than the theatre scene is in the US, obviously. Yeah, but I don't... I mean, it's the, the system doesn't exist anymore. No. That produced Patrick Troughton, or that produced no, Hartnell. No. So where are you going to find, find these people? Movies? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting thought yeah. experiments here. Love to see your um, your deep fakes, Metabilis Two fans. Um, get working on those. I know you're all amazing at doing stuff like that. Um, just send them to send them to us at the usual address. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So that's about it. I think. I think so. Yeah. We'll head back into Spooky Doctor Who next week. I think. Spooky Who. Yeah. Um, interesting. I mean, I, I guess. With, with, yeah. What was the thought? I was. So I mean, I think you know. I don't know how much long. How much. You know, you and I have got like another 20, 30 years left of life. If we're lucky. Um, maybe slightly more than that. I don't know. 40 if we're very, very lucky. I don't know. I keep looking at my retirement thing and going, well, if I only live this long, I'll have that much to <laughs> yes, go. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's, it's conceivable. Next 10 years, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe Doctor Who will just be kind of reshooting itself. Maybe they'll make it sentient or something. It'll kind of just, you know. 
yeah. deep fake and computer generate its own content. Yeah, I wonder what is going to happen because with enough footage, they can spoof uh, the, the examples they did of spoofing President Obama from yeah. uh, doing yeah. telecasts. And you could, yeah. you could imagine they could deep fake uh, Doctor Who. There's enough footage of these actors. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, give it another five years on deep fakes. Um, I think, I mean, I've just, I've been reading about, you know, this new Scorsese movie, The Irishman, where they kind of de-aged everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's, it apparently works really, really well. I haven't seen the movie. Of course, it's not out yet, but I'm excited to see it because I really like Martin Scorsese. Um, but I mean, I think there's some really interesting technology going on. It's expensive technology. Right. Um, but technology uh, make, always has a way of going down in price. Yeah, make it convincing. And, you know, I think we've had a conversation about the star, about Star Wars, didn't we? With the, you <laughs> yeah, know, the, Peter Cushing. The Peter Cushing and the Carrie Fisher thing. So, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, the thing about Doctor Who is that it is an enduring franchise. Right. Obviously, I'm in a little bit of a Doctor Who bubble, as are you. So it's hard to judge <laughs> what normal people think about the show. But certainly there seem to be a lot of abnormal people like us who really, really like it. And mm-hmm. young people seem to be still coming up from the depths yeah. of youth and also still like it. So, I mean, it doesn't, see, doesn't appear to be kind of declining in popularity. I think it's off a little bit, actually, since uh, Matt Smith reigned supreme. Yeah, no, I, I, no I, I, it's, not, it's not the giddy heights of, of the Matt Smith era. But still, you know, it's still pretty popular. As long as they can get out a new series every other year, I think it still will have its fans. But Scott if they Legs, go right. if they go into hiatus like they did in oh, what was it, eighty five? Right. And then, you know, put in, in mothballs like they did in eighty nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fourteen, fifteen years. Then there could be trouble. But I mean, what will we do in our podcast if they stop if they stop making it? Well, we'll have lots to talk about. That's true. We'll still, we'll still be talking about 30 <laughs> years from now. We'll still be yeah. talking about Doctor Who. We'll see. We guarantee it. All right. Um, that seems like an excellent, that seems like an interestingly discursive episode. Plenty to think about. All right. And thank yeah. you for listening. I think this is what? Episode 128 of the Metabolist 128. Team? Yep. And we've been speculating on recasting Doctor Who from the 1960s. And I've been talking with Ben. And I've been talking with David. Until next time. Good night.